Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. I want you to turn with me to the prophecy of Jonah, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. I will be reading from the King James Version of the Scriptures these words. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, And preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. The people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. I want to share from this passage today the subject moving from detour to destiny. Moving from detour to destiny. I was intrigued recently. I was reading a time news magazine article, the caption caught my attention, 10 ideas that are changing the world. I began reading, and one of those ideas is survival stores. It appears that we live in a world where more and more people fear the prospect and the potential or possibility for annihilation for planetary extinction. And so if there's a need, the marketplace will respond. And so there is the growth and the preponderance of what is called survival stores to combat what some call this nihilistic threat. One of the other ideas that was offered as an idea that is potentially changing our world was a religious idea. It is called the new Calvinism. The thrust of the article was that more and more people are believing that their lives are not arbitrary, that their lives are not accidental, their lives are not coincidental, that, that God has predestined. God has predestined us to a certain outcome to a certain end. Now, I'm not a strict Calvinist that believe that 
God does that with a disregard to our free will. But I do believe that God has for every one of us. God has for you and God has for me a plan and a purpose. And that our lives are not arbitrary. Our lives are not cavalier. Our lives are not casual or coincidental. That you are here and I am here right now for a purpose. It gives dignity to life. It gives integrity and meaning to our lives and our struggles when we know that we're not just going in circles. That life has purpose and life has meaning. Life and ministry is not just about destiny, but this text today before us would also suggest that it is also about detours. Many in the church have what I call destination disease. They are so engaged and preoccupied with their current destination or their intended destination that they cannot truly appreciate the journey. They can't celebrate the journey. They can't celebrate the events that brought them to where they are right now. They cannot look back over the path and over the tracks of time and celebrate the valleys and the mountains, the rough places and the smooth ones. Because every journey necessarily involves difficulties, disappointments, dangers, and detours. You know, this uh, passage in the entire book of Jonah, the prophecy of Jonah, I owe much to my reorientation and understanding of this prophecy because of a book that Eugene Peterson wrote. He's one of my mentors. I, I've, I've read practically everything he's written on pastoral ministry. But he has a commentary, preaches on the prophecy of Jonah, and it's called An Exploration in Vocational Holiness. And he titles it Living Under the Unpredictable Plant. And I would suggest and say to you that while life has much unpredictableness and much uncertainness, God knows all about us. In this text, we find Jonah finally and firmly focused and fixed on his destiny. And his destiny always was Nineveh. This is his present location but to understand Jonah's present location, you have to appreciate the detours and the discoveries that brought him to this place. When we find Jonah in this chapter, what I want you to understand is his coordinates are clear. His directions are definite, and he's moving from detour to destiny. And the question emerges in the text, how did Jonah move from detour to destiny. And when I ask the text this question, there are some principles that emerge that would encourage us today who are engaged in ministry, who are living our lives out under the omniscient eye of God. How did he move from detour to destiny? First of all, there was a motivation that arrested his ministry. There was a motivation. There, there, there was a motive there was an incentive that 
arrested Jonah, that arrested his ministry. It's right there in the text in the first phrase of the first verse of chapter 3. And the word of the Lord came. It says, and the word of the Lord came to Jonah. He was arrested by a word that spoke to him from the outside. So much of what goes on in our culture and our society today is internally focused. Some would even have you to believe that there is nothing but what you feel on the inside, what you think on the inside, what you know on the inside. But let me tell you something. That's a word. That's a word that comes from the outside. It's not all horizontal. It's not all imminent. There's a transcendent word. Isaiah understood that. It was in the year that, it was in the year that King Uzziah died. He said, I also saw the Lord high, high and lifted up and his train filled. That was a word that came to Isaiah from the outside and it arrested him. It accosted him. And Jonah experiences this word, and he was gripped with an irrepressible resolve that was stronger, and this is a point I want you all to understand, a resolve that was stronger than his resistance to going to Nineveh. We don't always want to go to Nineveh. God said, Nineveh, we say Tarshish. said, Lord, the map is wrong. I don't want to go there. But when there's a word, help me, help me, Brother Jeremiah. There was a word from the outside that God has spoke to him. And he got disillusioned and he got discouraged. And he thought the Lord was dealing from the bottom of the deck. And one day he tried to quit. And he said, when I tried to walk away, it was like fire shut up in my boat Paul had had this transcendent word this motivation that Jonah had Paul had it and um, this is the way he expresses it in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 16 he says necessity he says necessity is laid up on me woe is me if I preach not the gospel he says I gotta do it Shakespeare said, there's a tide in the affairs of men, which taken at the flood leads to fortune, omitted all the voyages of their life, is bound in shadows and misery. There's a tide. I was watching an episode of Star Trek Generations, and there had been a Federation ship that had been attacked, drifting aimlessly in space, and Captain Jean-Luc Picard and the crew of the Enterprise showed up. They saw this on their monitor and Luke Picard said, engage the tracking device. And this tracking device is a kind of sophisticated celestial tow truck that pulled the other ship alongside the Enterprise. I've got a tracking device deep down in my soul. And every now and then, 
the captain engages the device and I can't do what I want to do. I said I wasn't going to tell nobody but I couldn't keep it to myself. So if you want to move from detour to destiny, there has to be a motivation beyond your immediate circumstances. Listen for it. The devil constantly works to try to keep us from hearing clearly that voice, from hearing that move of God. It's a still small. You got to get quiet. You got to get rid of the clutter. Sometimes you got to get rid of some friends. But if you get quiet, you will hear it. And when you really hear it, it'll rest you. It'll move on you. And it's stronger than any Nineveh. But there's also in this text the mercy that attended his ministry. Not just the motivation that arrested his ministry, but I want you to see in this text the mercy that attended his ministry. It's in verse 1 again. It says, the word of God came unto Jonah, and here's mercy, the second time. You can't read it without saying, well, what happened to the first time? The first time, if you heard MapQuest to Misery, or if you read the prophecy, you know he blew it. Our God is not just the first time God. It's not one strike and you out. There's a mercy in this text. He's the God of mercy. Mercy and ministry are Siamese twins. Wherever you find ministry, you're going to find mercy. Because if you really engage in ministry on whatever level you are, you can't do it without some mercy. That means someplace at some point, God looked beyond your stuff. He looked beyond your fault and minds, and he saw our knees. Paul says it this way when he opens 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He says, therefore, seeing we have ministry, we have received mercy. Thank God for mercy. You haven't had to do it yet. You keep on living. And you're going to have to say mercy. Mercy! Oh, that take you one step beyond grace. grace. Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. Mercy is God withholding from us what we do deserve. The second time. That is, this is in the text. I'm not making it up. It's right there. When we meet Jonah in the Bible, we find him making choices that are disabling detours to his destiny. He was hearing rather than heeding. He was choosing career rather than calling. He was fleeing rather than following. He was playing rather than praying. And when we see him doing this, in every movement of chapter 1, he goes down. Because when you step outside of the will of God and the purposes of God for yourself and for your life, you can't go anywhere but down. He went down to Joppa. He went down into a ship. He went down to Tarshish. He went down into the sea. And finally, he went down 
into the belly of a whale. Down, 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 down. The mercy of God attended his ministry. The movement of God that affected his ministry, it says, now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey, and he began to enter the city a day's journey. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. It's described in our text as a great city. You might say Nineveh was a mega metropolis. Research reveals that it required a journey of three days to travel through this city. Jonah began preaching after a day's journey into the city, the city's interior. Some believe that it was approximately 60 miles in circumference. But by divine order, a whale had chauffeured Jonah. And when he got to the interior of the city, he began to preach. Jonah did not minister outside the city, but he ministered inside the city. On one level, movement can be looked at geographically or in terms of mobility, but on another level, movement can be looked at as a group of people engaged in a common cause. Jonah never saw any commonality or common cause with the Ninevites. And that's why he went to Tarshish or tried to get there because he had no motivation, no sense of responsibility to share the gospel with these foreigners who were the avowed enemies of Israel. Our detours to destiny requires that we go where God wants us to go. And it's not always going to be pleasant. You're not going to always, in fact, you will never find the perfect church, the perfect people. There's no perfect families. There's no perfect marriage. There's no perfect job. You've got to deal with the imperfections in order to get to your destiny. Jonah wanted to pick and choose where he would go and who he would spend time with. But he could not do that. God had divinely orchestrated his movement and it brought him to the interior of Nineveh. And Nineveh, unlike Tarshish, Tarshish, many said in the ancient world was like the Vanity Fair. It was a resort. But what we see so often in the life of the covenant people in the church and in Israel is that it's not always pretty. It's not always pretty. But neither is it petty. It's never petty because I'm telling you, we might be petty, but God is not. Up on this rock, he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. God's working on every one of us, helping us to get through our detours to our destiny. And when we get to heaven, it's going to be a pretty picture. And the only reason you and I are still here this morning is he's still being patient with us. He's not through with us yet. He was in the interior of Nineveh. He wasn't outside of it, but he went inside the city. Your destiny is being worked out and actualized in the context of the destinies of others. And it's a journey that we have to make with others. It's not one we can make alone. 
Because God, part of what God is doing in our lives is shaping us through community. There was a movement that affected his ministry. Last of all, there was a measure that affirmed his ministry. How do we measure our correlation? How do we measure our consistency with God's purposes and plans for our lives? The truth is we don't. God does. And the people that God allows us to minister to, the people that God allows us to infect, to influence, the people who God allows us to touch as he molds and shapes us, they become the evidence. They become the validators of our lives. But what's inside Because if what's inside is real and driven by a transcendent call, if what's inside is encapsulated in mercy, you don't have to worry about it. God will use you to touch somebody. And what marvels me in this text is even a reluctant prophet being where God wanted him to be made a difference in the lives of the Ninevites. It says, and I'm not making it up, it says they believe God. Notice what it said. It didn't say they believed Jonah. It says the people, because God used Jonah in spite of himself, said the people believed God because they saw God in Jonah. That was a measure that affirmed his ministry. Somebody here this morning perhaps have detoured. You might still be detoured. You, or you may have corrected yourself and made that turn and you're back. But you may be beating yourself up. Said, I wish I could have, would have, should have. But you can get back. Because before you were shaped in your mother's womb, God had a plan and a purpose for your life. I heard a story that blessed me about two pots that a farmer used to water his garden. He would use these pots to take water from the river to where his crops was. One pot was whole, never dripped a drop. The other pot was cracked. And by the time the farmer had made his way up to where his crop was, while the full pot with no cracks, all the water was in it, the cracked pot, the water had dripped out, and only a little remained. The story says that one day the cracked pot got real upset and said, what use am I? Why do you even use me? Why don't you just break me and throw me away? Farmer picked the crack pot up in his arms and turned around and showed the crack pot the heel. On one side was nothing but a dry trail where the whole pot, which never leaked, as the farmer walked up on that side with that pot in his arm. But on the other side where he held the crack pot, there was flowers, There was lilies, there was roses. 
He says, you don't think you're any good. He says, but I'm holding you because when the water leaks out, it waters the ground and it helps the flowers to grow. Don't you be too hard today on yourself because we all live. We all have some cracks, but God can take it. He can use it. He can make it. He'll take your cracks. And he'll bless somebody else. All the flowers on the way down the hill had benefited from the water that came from that crack pot. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.